Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. The Dugout Premier League Preview Football Social Daily Manchester City have pulled ahead in the Premier League title race. Can Chelsea chase them down? We'll find out this weekend as the Blues travel to the Etihad. Will a City win end Chelsea's challenge? Those two are tussling for the title along with Liverpool who are missing a number of players with Salah, Mane and Kaita, the Africa Cup of Nations. We'll discuss AFCON on today's show with someone who's got experience of that tournament. Plus, bragging rights are at stake in North London as Arsenal and Spurs meet at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on Sunday. Who will gain the upper hand in the fight for the top four? I'm Niall, welcome along to the show. This is The Dugout, the Premier League podcast featuring former professionals and as you can probably tell by now, I definitely didn't play in the Premier League but two people who did are alongside me on today's podcast we've got former Wolves and West Ham winger Matt Jarvis good to see you again Jarvo is it a bit too late to say Happy New Year no it's not too late at all Happy New Year (laughs) hope you have a nice Christmas and you and you and for the very first time on the show today it's a warm welcome to current Middlesbrough man and former Leeds and Leicester defender Sol Bamba Sol it's good to see you thanks for joining us Things going well at Middlesbrough at the moment. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, we're doing well. Uh, we're in, a, in good form at the moment. Um, but listen, we're not going to get carried away. Uh, just come back from training now. The gaffer's on it. You know, we got a important game on the, on Saturday. So hopefully we can carry on the good form. Look at that. So ever the professional, the man who loves defending more than anyone I've ever seen in my life. But we'll get into that a little bit later. First of all, we're going to talk about the big games in the Premier League this weekend. And even though there's a North London derby taking place on Sunday, Javo, I think there'll be plenty of eyes on Saturday lunchtime when Manchester City welcome Chelsea to the Etihad. Now, this is a massive game in the title race, but the gap between Chelsea and City is already 10 points. City atop. Is is this a bigger game for Chelsea in some respects? Because if they lose to Manchester City, I almost feel like that could put them out of the title race altogether. Yeah, I, I think so. There is, there is more pressure on Chelsea to to get a result. Um, I think it also, if if City win, you know, it, it puts a little bit more pressure on Chelsea to to look at the top four as well because there's going to be teams chasing them down, and you know, it's 
it, yeah, it, it's coming all at a different time. I know we're going to go on and speak to about Lukaku and, and everything, but it just comes at a, a difficult spell for, for Chelsea at, at the moment, which, which you know, it could be a blessing and this is the perfect game for them to, to go and, um, and turn things around. But definitely more pressure, especially away at the Etihad as well. Um, there's definitely more pressure on Chelsea to, to go and get a result. What's the mindset like for players going into these big games, Sol? Every league game is a massive game, but as a player, when you know that you know, you're coming up against effectively one of your rivals. Does that make you extra determined? How will the players from both sides be feeling heading into the weekend? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, every player would tell you the cliche, like, oh, it's just another game, it's another three points. It's not true. You know, uh, Zabo would tell you, we look at games, we love to play big games in, in front of big crowd. And uh, this is one of them. So definitely go extra motivation. You know, as two big teams in the league. Uh, Chelsea need to, to close the gap as well. So, Let's be realistic. If they lose that, I think the title race is over. And I think uh, potentially the top four would be would, would be very, very difficult as well, like Javo said. So, massive game for Chelsea. Um, you could say this, it's not as big for Man City, but knowing Man City and the manager and the standards they set for them is another important game and they, they want to play well and get the three points. You're playing in the championship at the moment, Sol, and there's a lot of Tuesday night games and often you're playing Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. Um, Chelsea played on Wednesday night in the Carabao Cup and they beat Tottenham. They're going to Wembley for that final. And then they've got the early kickoff on Saturday. How much of a difference does that make? We talk about how important rest is. Does it really make a big difference when you've got less time between games? Yeah, it does. It does. But I think if, if any team can do it, it's Chelsea. You know, they've got massive quads. They can change and chop and change at any time. You know, we seen at the game yesterday, you know, they make a couple of changes. Um, Saar came in in the... Uh, in the left side on centre half, and uh, Thiago Silva came 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 on for a couple of minutes at the end as well. You know they've got massive quads, so Chelsea can 100% do it. But it does it, it does have an impact on players when you play early kickoff. I mean, you're happy when it's finished because it's two o'clock and you're free. Um, <laughs> but it, it does impact the preparation definitely. And uh, Man City will have more time to prepare the game, and uh, that's a massive advantage for them. Yeah, definitely Manchester City. I mean, they're the sort of side, Javo, that you don't really want to give them any sort of advantage. Not that Chelsea could help it with the way that the fixtures were scheduled. But if you look at Man City's next three in the Premier League after the Chelsea game, they've got Southampton away, Brentford at home and then Norwich at home. So if they beat Chelsea and win all of those other games, all whilst Liverpool have a bit of a weakened side with players away with the African Cup of Nations taking place, then it's looking pretty good for them to defend the title if it doesn't so already. 100%. 100%. I think, you know, Sol's hit the na- uh, nail on the head. You know, Pep Guardiola, what he does is his mentality to that squad is every game, you know, they go into looking to get three points. That that won't change in any single game. So to get, you know, if they get uh, Chelsea three points, then they're looking at their ne- next three games thinking, yes, three points, three points, three points. And then they're clear. And they they've got a their squad's fantastic as well. They can rotate. They've they're in you know they've got Champions League. They they can rotate and whoever's playing has got endless ability. And they they they've sort of not gone under the radar at all. But you just don't you just don't see them slipping up. And they're just every week they're just ticking away, ticking away. Gets to a tough game, they get another win. They're just grinding out results. And the thing that quite a few players have come back. You know um, De Bruyne is now back playing. Uh, regularly, which is a huge, huge plus for not just for City for the Premier League, um, and you know the, the rotation up up the top end of the pitch is just it's just you know how how you can have that amount of players to just keep rotating is is incredible. So 
they'll be looking at getting this win against Chelsea and then they can steamroll for the next few weeks, for sure. Yeah, definitely with the fixtures coming up, you'd you think that it is all in City's favour at the moment, especially if they do beat Chelsea at the weekend. And Jarvo picked up on Lukaku a moment ago, Sol, and he's got some criticism over the years for allegedly not scoring in the big games, particularly in the Premier League. It wasn't too long ago that Man City were supposedly interested in signing him at one stage. Is this the perfect game for Lukaku to prove those critics wrong? This is one of the biggest games of the season. So for those people that say he doesn't score in the big matches, if he goes and grabs a couple of goals at the weekend, that will silence the doubters. Yeah, absolutely. And he will love that. I know him personally. He's a, he's a very competitor. He's set, he's, he's set target for himself as well. You know, he want to be stop goal in the Premier League. He want to score as much as goal as he possibly can for for club and country. So, you know, I mean, listen, he had a bad press a couple of weeks ago. He knows he made a mistake, you know, the timing of the interview and all that. So he want to put that behind him and uh, what opportunity to do so, you know, um, uh, early kickoff against uh, against the, 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 the one of the best team in the country. You know, so if he can, uh, if he can score a couple of goals there, I'm sure he'd be very, very happy with it. Yeah, absolutely. And I wanted to ask about recent history between the two sides as well, because City won earlier in the season, Javo, but Chelsea won the Champions League final. As players, do you ever read anything into that? Is there an element of revenge or is it the old media cliche of it's just another game? <laughs> no, look, you, you're definitely... If, as, as players, if you've scored against a team or played well against a team, you always remember it. You always remember it and you're like, oh yeah, last time we played them, I did well or you know, I got the better of that fullback or I scored that goal. Or if you go the flip side, you're like, oh yeah, we got, we got pasting against them last time. It, it does stick in your mind. But at the same time, for, for, for City... Yeah, until they won this season, um, yeah, early on, I would have said Chelsea had the upper hand over them. Like mentally, they they did them in the Champions League, as you as you said. But they had that over them. I think mentally, they were City struggled with them, especially with Tuchel's side, because they're so resilient. They 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 pack out the midfield. They couldn't get through. Pep were trying to tweak it with not playing a striker, and and it just didn't work. They sort of got found out, not found out in tactically, but. Tuchel just set Chelsea up and they can play every which way. They can be defensive and then they've got counter-attack. They can they can be attacking because they've always got Kante that just sits there and cleans everything up. So it's it's always a difficult one and it's, it's if Pep's deciding to tinker with his shape because Tuchel, he, he seems to have got the better of him in, in recent years, but it's going to be a cracking game. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You said about remembering teams and players that you've done well against. Did you ever have a bogey team, Jarvo? Someone that you just didn't ever play well against? Um, I, I, I don't want to say yes, to be honest. <laughs> You're tired of so, so no, yeah, exactly. Um, I, I always remember um, I, I, I played at uh, Charlton a couple of times and um, not necessarily the team, but I, I, never, I don't think I had as good a game as I would have liked to hope to play. Uh, so that that's always a stadium that I, I always think, oh, I just want to have another game there to, to get another good performances. But I had some really good results there, but not necessarily a personal. <laughs> but don't ask me that again. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get a charity match going, Java. You can finally have a good performance at Charlton's ground. Put it behind yeah. you. What about you, Sol? It's a bit unfair to ask you because you're still playing, but were there were there any any teams you came up against where you just thought, oh, I just can never get the better of these guys? Oh, no, it's so many. I don't know where to start. That's the problem, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's not... I'm, I'm going to be like Javo here. I think it's a tricky one, but I have to be honest. 
I never really um, done well up in Millwall. You know, we know his whole style and uh, the quad is on you. Uh, the the, the players are very, very strong and they love playing at home. So, actually, I think I've never actually won there. You know, with Leicester, with Leeds or with Cardiff, I never actually won there. So, you know, that'd be my next target with me. With us, hopefully we can go there and win. Hey, when have you got them? <laughs> yeah, oh. I'm literally Googling it <laughs> yeah. now to see when the Sol's got to travel down to. 12th of March, couple of months, two go. months from oh, now, Sol. Yeah. We'll be keeping all eyes be, on that one. I'll probably be injured there. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it should be a brilliant game this weekend in the Premier League between Manchester City and Chelsea. The game kicks off Saturday at half 12. Of course, Fergal will be back on Sunday with a full rundown of all the weekend's Premier League fixtures, including that one at the Etihad. So make sure you hit subscribe on the podcast and that way you won't miss that one. Time for a quick break here on The Dugout and afterwards we'll be talking about the North London Derby, which has taken place on Sunday. The Dugout, Premier League preview, Football Social Daily. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The Dugout. Premier League preview. Football Social Daily. Welcome back. This is Sports Social's The Dugout, the Premier League podcast featuring former professionals, or in Sol Bamba's case, still playing for Middlesbrough, of course. Uh, a big game for them at the weekend and a big game in North London as well as Spurs host Arsenal at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. This one kicks off Sunday at 430 this game's not only huge because it's a derby, Sol, but also in the race for Champions League football next season, both sides are eyeing up that fourth spot. Is it hard to pick a winner between these two? Because I'm really struggling to choose who I fancy for this one. Yeah, same, same. And I think it'd be very, very difficult to to pick a team there. I think on form, you can probably say Arsenal, um, especially yesterday as well. Tottenham lost against Chelsea and uh, so didn't do particularly well. And the manager as well was upset. At the end of the game, you can see in the press conference he wasn't happy with uh, with his team performance. So, but like we know, it's a derby, so the form go out the window. So, you know, I think it's a great opportunity for Tottenham there. You know, they, I think they got two games ahead uh, on Arsenal, and they're only a couple of points away. So, if they, if they manage to win that, or at least not lose, and they they, they win their two games ahead, they they won the mix straight away. So. You know, I think it's, it's a bigger game, from, in my opinion, for, for Tottenham than, than Arsenal. We don't normally dive into too many statistics on this show, Jarvo, but the Opta win probability calculator <laughs> has Spurs 38% chance of winning, the draw is 29% and Arsenal 33%. So even the statistics are suggesting it could be a pretty close game. Yeah, look, it, it is. I think, you know, Spurs, they need a reaction. They need a reaction. The performance was not great. Um, there was a lot of conspiracy about uh, why Lloris wasn't playing 
um, as well. Um, so they, they definitely need a reaction. They need some help in the transfer market. I think that's going to be key to the positioning at the end of the season. I think you know, Conte's got... I think he, he's gone in and assessed his squad and now he knows what he needs or wants. And um, it shows, I think it's refreshing to see him come out and do interviews like that and just say how he's not happy. You know, it wasn't a good performance and they they desperately need that reaction. But on the other way, Arsenal, that you know, the last five games, four four wins, one loss in the league. They've, they've been scoring goals and they've had a really good defensive record. And their performance against City, where they lost, was was good. So they're in a good place mentally and for your team. When, you, when you're winning games, there's nothing better. You can just ride that wave and it's consistency and it's just keeping it going. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be an interesting, interesting game for sure. I've got a question for you, Jarvo, about Tottenham, seeing as you played for West Ham and for Wolves and you would have come up against Tottenham a number of times during your career. There's this stigma I guess around Spurs that they're a bit soft and they're kind of pushovers and they're easy to play against and there's this term that goes around that Spurs are Spursy they always throw it away when they get into the the big situations is that something that you felt as a player because I've heard multiple pundits and, and former players talk about how there's this kind of sort of softness about Spurs that makes them a little bit easier to play against than probably the supporters would like <laughs> that's a very difficult question considering you know I Playing at Wolves, we beat Spurs. Playing at West Ham, we beat Spurs. So, <laughs> you know, it's it, it maybe, <laughs> but no. Look, I think you know, when I was facing you know Spurs at Wolves, for instance, we were scrapping for points, so it was a massive game for us, and anything that we got was 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 huge. So it, that was a different sort of mindset. Um, and uh, you know, at West Ham, you know, it was it was a huge game. So you 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 had to do well. So. That again, to men- the like mental side of it was completely different. You know, you, you're going into the games knowing the fans. As West Ham was was the biggest game of the season, so that that lifted everything. So I I don't know whether it's got that soft centre that everyone says. Yeah, I guess but what it's, I'm it's asking diff- is is that is it a fair thing to say? I suppose. I, th- what I'm, what I'm I think at. it potentially is a fair thing to say because you 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 can't shy away from you you looking at it and and they have over the years. And teams have come up against them and, and beat them in in these sort of games. So you, you, it is a fair thing to say. It's just something that Conte will, I'm sure, be trying to stamp out because he he's not that type of manager. Absolutely, Javon. I think that's where is 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 going to be key because mentality wise, I think it's a is a mentality problem. And uh, me been talking to a couple of players play for Tottenham. They hate it when when like you said, you know, the pundit or the journalist or the player said that. But unfortunately, it's the truth because when it matters, Spurs, Spurs combo, as simple as that. So I think um, it's important for uh, Conte to rectify that big time. Yeah, do you think he's the difference maker then, Sol? I mean, we talk about the top managers in European football and Conte is in that list. So do you think that in terms of changing that mentality, he, he's going to play a huge part in that? Yeah, massively, because he's a winner. You know, he, he won with Juventus, he won with Chelsea before. And uh, and player respond to that. You know, listen, no disrespect to Nuno, um, I think player didn't really respond to his tactic and why he wanted he, uh, them to do. Uh, Conte straight away, he come on the respect, you know, uh, player respond to him because he's a winner. He won he won a title in Italy and in England, you know. So I think it's key, but at the same time, you have to give him what he wants. You know, any big manager, 
successful managers is they spend money, so it won't be any different. And if he, if Tottenham want to be successful, they have to give him the money for 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 him to do what he want to do. I think that's what Spurs fans are worried about. That you know they they they're not gonna they're not they're not signed anyone. And yeah. he you know are. It, if he doesn't get what he wants, is he going to still be there? Yeah. yeah, that's what they're worried about. Because ultimately, he is the, the he is the missing piece for them. Like he he's a he's a winner. He's got everything. And their squad, yeah, everyone was saying hey, they've got good players. They should be winning trophies. The key was like Solskjaer is mentally they weren't they weren't there. And he is that the the correct person to go in there and sort them out uh, mentally away from the the football side. But. He's got everything to to go and win and win these games to to go and finish in fourth, and then it's a great season. But he needs to be backed in the transfer market, and that's that's the that's the hard part. Yeah, I think you're right about the January window. And what are we now? Halfway through January, and nothing's happened yet. But I suppose with this transfer window, it all tends to happen towards the end. Yeah, I can see why Spurs fans might be concerned. You mentioned uh, earlier on, Sol, that Tottenham have got two games in hand on Arsenal. What's the pressure like when you're in that situation and you've got games in hand? Is it only pressure if you let it get to you and you make it pressure on yourself? Yeah, absolutely. You shouldn't think about it because, you know, um, I've been in a situation like this before where the fan will say, no, it's good because if you win the game, we're there and there. But you have to go and win those games. So it's better to have the point on board than having the game in hands. So, you know, as a player, you have to know what it's about it. And when the, the game comes along, you have to make sure you win it. Uh, to pick up the points and uh, and, and get higher, higher up on the table. I wanted to ask about Harry Kane, Jarvo. He hasn't been the same since that move to Man City fell through in the summer. Do you think we'll see him kick on now for the second half of the season? I mean, what a game to kind of get things back up and running again, if that is to be the case against Arsenal. He, look, he's a he's a fantastic player. He's world class. Um, so he's he's not lost anything. It's I I don't feel sorry for him in, in the sense that he's a great player and he should be doing better. I feel sorry for him in the fact that he's not getting the service. You know, he's feeding off scraps. He, he's, he's not getting, you watch the, you have a look at the game against Chelsea. He's got nothing. He's got no service, no crosses coming into the box. He's, he's trying to do everything himself. And, and, you know, it, it's difficult. Yeah, you know, he needs that service to score the goals. Um, so with Son being out as well, uh, that, that's a huge, huge miss for him. Um, so, He's a world-class player. He he will continue to to score goals to the end of the season, and and he could be key for for Spurs to to get in the top four. Well, he will be key for them to get in the top four. But he needs the service, and that's that's what Spurs have to do. You could just see in his in his eyes in that game against Chelsea when he scored that goal, and it was disallowed for offside through VAR. He's just thinking, oh, just need, just need one. He's one of them players that just needs one and then he's away. Um, but we'll see how he gets on and how Tottenham get on against Arsenal in the North London derby on Sunday afternoon in the Premier League. The game kicks off at 4.30. Some really big games this week in the top flight. Before we move on to talk about the Africa Cup of Nations, there is one that I wanted to pick up on that kind of slipped under the radar a little bit, but I don't know why because it's a huge game in the context of the relegation fight. Newcastle United play... Watford. Now that could be absolutely massive. We've spoken about the top end of the table, Sol, but what about at the bottom? You know that the more ground you give up, the less chances you've got to get yourself out of it. Absolutely. And his mentality as well, even more than than, than ever. You know, you have to make sure you don't lose, you know, because it's, it's a massive game. Absolutely. Everyone know about that. But it becomes massive if you lose, because if you don't, if you, if you don't lose, at least you get a point and you can build from that. But if you lose, I think is is a big trouble for for everyone. The, the player get get down, and the supporters and everything around the club. 
And that's when it's, it's hard to pick up from there. But at least if you go point, you know, or if you even better, if you win, that lifts the whole club and the players to, to carry on for the rest of the season. So, I mean, the pressure is on Newcastle simply because it's a home game and they have to they, they have to win. Um, Watford, obviously, if they win, it'd be good for them. But I think if they if, if they draw, they'd be they'd be happy with the with the draw. That's for sure. Yeah, and and Newcastle have made a couple of new signings. We've seen Kieran Trippier already, Jarvo, and now Chris Wood has made the move from Burnley for twenty five million quid. Um, it would be a good way for him to kind of endear himself to the Newcastle fans to get off the mark in that game and a huge bottom of the table clash by scoring a couple of goals. <laughs> Wouldn't it just? But I think it's it's timing. They were desperate to get someone in um, and to be ready for this game because they, as I said, you know how important this game is. It's a must-not-lose game. You know, you have to pick something up and Newcastle knew that and getting this deal over the line, it was huge for them, you know, to, to have Trippier. They, they've been sensible, I think. You know, everyone's saying about transfers. They've been sensible. They've, they've obviously got money to spend, but they've got Trippier, who's played in the Premier League for a long time, knows the league, can come straight in and, and adapt straight away. Chris Wood played many years in the Premier League, knows how to score goals. And it's exactly what Newcastle need. They need someone that's going to just hit the ground running. They need someone that's going to be a hold-up player, bring people into the game, which is exactly what he does, and he scores goals. He's got a great goal-scoring record if you look at it on paper. So it's a really good, shrewd signing for me. We talk all the time about experience, and you mentioned it there, Jarvo. When do you feel like you're becoming an experienced player, Sol? Obviously, you know, kind of you're still playing at a very, very high level. When do you notice as a player that, hang on a sec, I'm the experienced one? Is it when you reach a certain age or a certain amount of games or does it just kind of just flow naturally and then all of a sudden you're looking around you and you're thinking, right, I'm the one to lead the team now? <laughs> That's how I feel at the minute. <laughs> I think that change room's got a bit younger than I remember. Oh, <laughs> for sake. You don't want to That's know how to call someone you. old without exactly. actually calling them old. <laughs> but to be honest, to answer your question, it's a bit of everything really. I think it's the number of games you've been playing, your age come, come come to consideration as well, you know, and um, and to be fair, I think people look up to to they want leaders because especially now those days, you know, players come in in the game younger and younger, and uh, they don't have that natural leadership and uh, be able to to focus on the whole team. They focus on themselves, you know. So when you go player like you know, a certain age, will worry about the team, make sure the, the the training standards is good, make sure everyone is on time, you know, because. Small details make the difference at the end of the tip level, you know. And if you know at it on all those small details, you get you get found out. So, you know, it's a bit of everything really now. I think it's a bit it's your age, the number of games you played and uh, how you see yourself um, as a leader or not. Have you noticed the difference now with the younger players coming through, Sol, about kind of the way they're, they're brought up through the ranks? Is it different? Well, I'm sure it's different to when you and Java were coming up through, but is it is it noticeable now when you're on the training ground, you're thinking, okay, this is a bit different from what I I remember? Yeah, massively. Even the way you talk to them, because, you know, Java would tell you before we used to get battered by all these players, you know, <laughs> all the swear word, all the, you know, what you got 100%. to do, like, you know, go, go, you know what I mean? Go and make a cup of tea, clean their boots and all that. All those days are, are gone. But at the same time, we need to adapt to that as well, yeah. you know. Um, but even something as silly as, you know, when you walk in a dressing room in the morning, I said, good morning. No one, no one look at me. Everyone is on the phone like that. You know what I mean? And before, you know, everyone was involved and you talk to everybody and, uh, you know, and I think you just have to accept it is a, a new generation. I've got kids myself and it's the same with them. You know, you can't talk to them without being on the phone or when you're at the dinner table. Nobody talk to each other. 
you know, and unfortunately, I always said football is a reflective of society. So that's that's the, that's the young generation now. If Sol Bamba becomes a manager and you're listening to this podcast, don't get your phone out because you'll be dropped. <laughs> you'll be you'll be playing with the with the reserves. Absolutely, uh, <laughs> it's tough tough love from from Sol. Um, yeah, really interesting to to hear about that, and it will be interesting to see who wins out of. Newcastle and Watford at the weekend if anyone could well be a draw of course uh, some huge games in the Premier League and as I said before you can hear the full rundown of all of those games on tomorrow's podcast with Fergal that's it for part two of the show afterwards we're going to be asking Sol about the Africa Cup of Nations a huge tournament it feels like there are more eyes than ever before on AFCON we'll talk about it next after this The Dugout Premier League Preview Football Social Daily The Dugout, Premier League Preview, Football Social Daily. Welcome back to the podcast. This is The Dugout from Sports Social. My name's Niall. I've got Middlesbrough defender Sol Bamba and former West Ham and Wolves winger Matt Jarvis alongside me. And I wanted to ask Sol, someone who's a former Ivory Coast international, about the Africa Cup of Nations. Now, you're someone who's played in this tournament, Sol. You've been to the final with Cote d'Ivoire. Maybe you could just explain how huge this tournament is to the people of Africa, because it feels like, particularly here in the UK, there seems to be more coverage and more eyes on it than ever before. Yeah, which is good for, you know, for the whole continent of Africa. You know, for us back home, it's massive. It's equivalent probably of a, a European player play the Euros, if you like, you know. So it's, it's a buzz around the country, the whole continent. Everyone is excited about it, everyone talking about it, and everyone is happy and excited to see all those big name players playing abroad coming back in, in Africa and play the and play the for, for that big tournament. So, you know, I, I remember I used to watch it with my dad, you know, um, back in nineteen ninety two when we won it for the first time ever because and uh, that's 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 still with me. It's one of my best memories. So for African players it's it's massive to be involved in that and to see all the coverage now. Uh, that competition got is, is is big for us. Yeah, and I think with the videos that we've seen going around on social media, like Mares getting off the bus in Cameroon and all of the the kids going absolutely crazy, it's just absolutely fantastic to see that. And I think people sometimes, Javo, underestimate how much playing for the national team means to people. Um, obviously, you've both played international football, so is it hard to to put into words what it's what it's like to pull on that shirt to be fair because I think there's a lot of people that don't appreciate just how much it can mean to people yeah look I can only go on the experience myself that it's it's a dream you know every kid has that dream of playing football for their country and and I was able to live that dream and it was just it's it's, it's hard to describe it was an incredible feeling I was fortunate in the sense that my one was at Wembley so I had I wasn't traveling here, there and everywhere. I had all my friends and family there. So it was it was unique to, to me to, to experience it with everyone. But I've I've played with many, many players that are that are going to the African Cup of Nations and the the love and the you know excitement to go and play is huge. You can see it, they're they're desperate to go and play. because um, it means so much to them. And that's what it should be. And you can see that why the performances, the the, the the fans especially I think it's because it's been you know it's not been a, here for the last couple of years so to, this one's just just been such a huge uh, it, like emotion for the all the fans and the players to go to go and uh, and show everyone what they can do and it, and it, it's great to watch. 
What have you made of it so far, Sol? Because there have been some good moments, there have been some crazy moments, but all in all, it's been very entertaining. Yeah, that's typical Africa for you, unfortunately. You know, you got crazy moments. <laughs> <laughs> you got very good moments, we enjoy it. You got crazy moments, you know. Uh, I mean, listen, for us, it's all about what we're looking at. It's all about the, the performances of the players, the whole squad, the way they, they, they try to, to win games and to represent the country as, as well as they can. And uh, but to be fair, for me as well, it's a statement for for us to to do well. And you know, small. I mean, it's not even small. It's a big incident. What happened with the referee? That should never happen. You know, because is is as much as we put pressure on ourselves to represent Africa, the whole continent. The standards have to be better. And if we want people to respect our competition, it start from there. The player have to behave a certain way. They have to play the best way they can, entertaining football. And the referee have to be a better standards. You know, the whole organi- organization have to be better. Uh, the, the pitch, the pitches as well have to be. They, they're okay because trust me, I played on four African Cup of Nations. And some of the pitches I played for on, <laughs> they weren't good. So the pitch has over at the minute, as far as I can see. But everything and as a whole uh, continent and as a as a whole organization, we have to do better if we want people to respect our competition more. I think that's a really fair point you make um, about standards. I totally agree with what you're saying there. And you mentioned you've played in a number of tournaments. Um, how does that affect fitness? How how did that affect your fitness going away midway through a Premier League season? Are you tired when you get back? Is it a case of you feel like you're exhausted because of the extra games? Absolutely. It's, it's when you come back, you you you, got, you you feel it. Because when you go there, you're in shape, you, you feel good. You know, but it's, it's, you can find it as well difficult because of the heat, you know. Um, sometimes when, I remember we played one African combination in Angola and there's a low hat, attitude there as well. So you, we couldn't breathe for, for a couple of weeks when we go there. You know, it's all that you have to take to consideration. But when you come back, the extra game doesn't help. The heat, when you come back here, it's cold. So from the heat and the cold, it's hard to adapt. And I have to say as well, sometimes... Clubs are not happy um, because you left. So when you come back, they make it you pay if you like. So they don't play you for a couple of weeks. You know, I had that with Leicester. Uh, I remember talking. We actually had a game after um, when I come back from a quick couple of nation and we played Chelsea, Leicester on the cup. And me and Jogba were on the bench. And I remember we were doing the warm up and I, he said, Why are you not playing? I said, Why are you not playing? <laughs> you know? So we, we, both, we both feel it was a bit of punishment there. But, you know, it's always difficult to come back in and to get back to the rhythm and that. But, you know, um, now we all the sport science and everything. I, I'm sure the player will be okay. Is it also, is it more because of your, um, you know, because the excitement of going to the tournament and then the adrenaline of getting through the tournament and going through it? And then when you come back, you've got that. Sort of not lull, but you know it, it's it's harder on your you know mentally as well as as well as physically. Absolutely, you you bang on. That's absolutely why you know I think when you come back from all that, you know the the, the enjoyment there, the excitement, you know the pressure sometimes for some of the team, yeah. and you come back here and uh, all of a sudden like you're like you know you need you need a breather really, but you're in the middle of the season so you can't <laughs> yeah. have it, you know. So it is it is very very difficult, but I'm sure. All the player won't change. You just have to adapt and, uh, and try to get on with it. Uh, how do you think the missing players will impact the Premier League sides, Javo? I mean, Liverpool, we've said about Salah, Mane and Kaita being missing. Leicester are, are missing and Didi, Iheanacho. Obviously, Mares is missing from, from Manchester City. Chelsea have a couple of players away as well. So how do you think that that will impact the Premier League teams? Is it something they would have planned for in advance, do you think? <sighs> Look, it's in some ways it's come at quite a good time for for instance Liverpool they've got a reasonable run of games 
So by the time the players get back, they'll be back into, you know, they've got like Arsenal in the cup. Obviously, they want to do well in the cup, but they've got Brentford, Palace, Cardiff in the cup and Leicester. So they'll be looking at that run of games thinking, you know, we, we can cope. They've got they've got a great squad of players. So let's not, you know, that they are missing their main two players for sure. Like Keita's been in and out of the season, um, but... Mane and Salah, they're, they're their two most outstanding players. So they will miss them, but they've got they've got a really good squad of players that can come in. And they've got, as I said, a reasonable run of games that you should see them through. <clears throat> it's it's more that, that Leicester would probably be the... Uh, Chelsea have got another... You know, they've got a great squad. They can rotate, as you've seen. They've already been able to rotate the players for different competitions. And, and I think they will, again be okay I think it's more like Leicester when you don't have such a, a big squad that's when you're counting on your main players to, to step up and, and play and when there's injuries or illnesses and 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 then players away it's, it's always going to be a bit more difficult but again they've they've got like got Burnley Spurs Brighton and Liverpool and Forest in the cup so they've got a bit more of a difficult run of game so I feel like for the for the big boys like Liverpool and Chelsea I think you've They've got the squad to adapt and and to to do it. I don't I don't see them signing players just for the sake of signing players to cover. Yeah. I think that's it's, 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 it'd be, that'd be far too difficult. It's not Leicester's style to do that either, is it? Really, just go no. and, you know sign players on a whim. The Premier League has got a beautiful legacy with African players. Um, you mentioned your old pal Didier Drogba, an absolute icon. Yeah, yeah, another one at Manchester City, uh, and there are a number of other players who have you know, represented Africa proudly and brilliantly in the Premier League. But when we look at the Premier League players we've got now from from Africa's soul, it feels to me like the best crop of players that Africa may have ever produced. We've mentioned Salah and Mane, two world-class players. Mares is exceptional. You know, Mendy, the goalkeeper, is brilliant. So, I mean, there's so many different players now representing Africa in the Premier League. Is this some of the best players you've ever seen come from that continent? Um... I won't say that because I don't want to get in trouble with Jogba and Kolo and that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's definitely like probably if it's not the best, it's very, very close because, you know, like you said, there's so many good players um, playing at the top of their games for top clubs, you know, and what is very good for them as well is they're proud to represent the continent of Africa as well. You know, they don't want to miss any games and uh, they want to go and play a tournament like the AFCON, you know, and that's important for us and everyone in, in Africa because um, the players, they, they, they idolise and they're looking at, as God. So for any player in Africa, looking at them, they said like, you know, if I've got a dream to be a professional footballer, I can play at that level because those guys have been doing it. And I think that's 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 that's, that's very, very good and important for for everyone, for, for all of us to represent the, 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 the continent as well as we can. Very diplomatic answer, and I'm glad you've done that because I can't be having Colo and Didier Drogba coming after me. I'm telling you, and tr- uh, trust me, they listen everything, and they're always on the text with me when I do TV or radio. Why have you said that? Why have you done that? Why have you done that? So I don't want any trouble, trust me. I'll make sure I avoid Colo next time I go to Leicester and make sure I'm staying away from him. Uh, my career will be over if those two are on top of me. Um, brilliant stuff. Great to chat to you, Sol. Best of luck with Middlesbrough for the for the upcoming games and I'm sure we'll have you back on the show again soon it's been great to oh, chat to you, you so Jarvo thanks as ever appreciate your company we'll see you again next time on the podcast Pleasure. that's it for today's episode of The Dugout don't forget if you hit subscribe that way you won't miss an episode of the show again we are the only podcast with a new episode on Premier League football every single day of the season no one else does that so make sure you hit subscribe as I say but that's it for now and we'll catch you next time 
The Dugout, Premier League Preview, Football Social Daily.